0: Welcome to the second episode of the pop and Jay show.
1: Wait a minute. You mean people may have actually come back for seconds? Gluttons for punishment, eh?
0: <laughs> well, maybe they will regret this one because we have one podcast under our belts. So I think we are pretty much professionals at this now. In fact, this may be the greatest hour of podcasting ever recorded in the history of the universe.
1: Wow. Okay. No pressure there whatsoever. Nope. No, none. I guess I'm Pop, and I guess your J.
0: That's what it says on my birth certificate? No, it doesn't, but yes, I'm just well, or J. Well,
1: there is a J on your birth certificate.
0: Hey, there you go.
1: There is not a Pop on mine, though. Aww. Full, di- full disclosure, that's a name that my children thrust upon me uh, when they were very young. I had no say-so in the matter. Pop. My name is actually Kurt.
0: No, now it's actually Pop Cop. Ah, right. <laughs> yep. Okay, so last time when when we left, we didn't know what we were gonna talk about. We're throwing ideas out there, but we've made a decision. And we did? That... Sure, yeah. It it just kinda floated into the aura of our of our being and now we're getting very spiritual. In fact we're gonna talk about the spirituality of animals.
1: Oh, that right? sounds like a great topic
0: Yeah, they're... and a,
1: top, a topic that is going to be fraught with peril because pretty much everybody on the planet has their own ideas about this.
0: You know, it's, it, I think it's interesting that you're right, but it's weird because why should it be fraught with peril? Why is this so contentious? Animals are cute. They're fluffy. They're wonderful. We love them. So what is the potential pitfalls of this?
1: Well, here's how I look at this. Uh, Full disclosure, I'm an animal lover, some types more than others. None of us want to think about ourselves dying, let alone uh, our pets. And when we think of ourselves dying, we have our faith that tells us that that's certainly not the end. And then some people come along and tell us that when our animals die, that's the end of them. And we don't want to hear that. Um, we don't want to hear the logical side, if there is one. We don't want to hear the emotional side, which there definitely is one. So I think it's just it's a loaded topic, which is not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, well, and um, as we disclosed on the last episode, we you know we try to live by the teaching of the of the church because we're Catholic, and this is one issue that I really specifically have always thought there's just not enough deep theological work put into. Um Catholic Answers is one of the, you know, obviously the greatest apologetic sites. They they live to teach and defend the faith and even them I feel their answers have fallen short. If you if you search on their website, they have a great search tool for these things. And if you search anything like do animals have a soul, will animals be in heaven, this kind of thing, I find the answers to be very cold. Um, One of my favorite, I I think this was written by one of my favorite apologists. It just says staff writer, but I kind of can tell the way he writes. But basically, the answer from whoever it was on Catholic Answers' website for that question was, yes, all living beings have souls, but not in the New Age way some people think of. Um, and, And they actually said this on the website. There's no doggy heaven. And I just think it's so harsh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too emotional. Maybe this should remain a purely logical discussion.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, there, there's definitely room for logic in every discussion. And there's definitely room for emotion in, in most cases. That is what separates us from the robots who will soon enslave us all. Oh, I thought you were going to, to say
0: that. I thought you were going to say that's what separates us from the animals, and I'm like, "Geez, come on."
1: No, no actually, because the animals, uh, I think, display plenty of emotion. Uh, my my mom today, I was on the phone with her, and she told me she just saw a story about an adult elephant shedding tears because it was being freed from people that had been abusing it for many years. So, uh, sure. I thought that was interesting that she told me that because I didn't mention this show to her at all, but. I think there's plenty of room for emotion here on both sides, the animals and us, but let's keep our logic going too.
0: Well, yeah, and I guess I just want to come to the to the right answer. If, if the truth is that being as connected as I feel to animals, because full disclosure, I've never been able to conceive a child, and I really do have a very strong connection to animals, and I guess you could argue easily probably, oh, she's filling a void, whatever. Maybe I am, and that's the point is that, you know, I think some apologists, especially males, I have to say, you know, tend to say that it, it seems like they're referring to these animals as, as everything else that we're connected to in the world that we, should, that we should let go of. But the differences with animals, or even mountains and trees and stuff like this, these aren't worldly things. These aren't possessions. These are things made by God. So, I don't know, um, in that response I was talking about, that staff writer actually recommended a book that I looked through, I read a little bit of, I perused Mortimer Adler's book he wrote in the 1960s, The Difference of Man and the Difference It Makes. So this is, like, a heavy philosophical, scientific work, um, modern environmentalists and animal lovers, like, disregard him as being some kind of an evolution, like, hater, But he, you know, he does a good job. He lays out distinctions between men and other creatures. And I do not in any way disagree with that. You know, that there's obviously an elevated even status of humans. No doubt. So, but that's what he cited for his reason for why there's no doggy heaven. And I'm just thinking, I don't know. Is that, does that logically follow?
1: Well, I have not read this book, but while I agree with evolution per se, and I don't want to sidetrack us into a micro versus macro thing because we do want people to stay awake. But uh, I've not read that book, but there are definitely distinctions and differences uh, that we have to think about and we have to account for. And to me, the Bible helps us a lot with that, which I I think we can probably talk about as we go here.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to it. I I just... Does it follow that because we are elevated from the animals, does it mean that we're the only ones going to heaven? And even, I was talking to my sister, your daughter Rachel, today about this for a while. And we were thinking, yes, we agree, it's obvious that humans have rational souls. And it seems that animals don't. Although I was reading some really fascinating St. Francis stories. You know, myths, who knows, but about there's a famous one about him with a wolf where he supposedly talks to this wolf who was terrorizing a town and he basically like gets the wolf to behave and so it would seem maybe he has a rational soul anyways even if it's true that they don't have a rational soul that they just do the will of god all day which is just doing what they do just like trees and everything else like he like jesus says the faith of a mustard seed they have faith of some kind So, but it's not, maybe it's not a rational, same kind of soul. Does that necessarily mean that it's not immaterial? That's the question that is plaguing me because I don't see that direct link. That because it is a different soul, it is necessarily only a material one. A soul in and of itself to me seems to be some kind of immaterial, supernatural thing because we can't place it. We can't create life of a dog out of nothing any more than we can of a human. So there's some spark of, of supernatural there.
1: Well, okay. Let's, let's start like we try to do. Let's start with defining things. And, you know, for me, my default position is always Thomas Aquinas. Uh, there's not a topic under the sun that he did not think about and dissect in his giant brain. Um, Peter Kreeft, Dr. Peter Kreeft, who is a huge devotee of Aquinas, disagrees with Aquinas on this point because Dr. Kreeft believes there will be animals in heaven. Um, Thomas Aquinas didn't. And Thomas Aquinas was influenced by the Greeks. Uh, he, he was a huge defender of Aristotle. In fact, he, uh, he rescued the Greek philosophers from the Muslims, uh, to put it, Plainly, uh, he he quoted Aristotle throughout his works. He obviously read everything he could get his hands on by Aristotle. So let's talk about Aristotle for just a minute on what you said about the creation and the differences. I'm sure you are familiar, Jess, with the four causes, Aristotle's four causes.
0: Oh, per- pretend Basically,
1: I'm not. The, the four questions that, that if you want to understand anything on earth. Aristotle made it easy for us. You just use the four causes. You have the material cause, the efficient cause, the formal cause and the final cause. And if you want to know about an animal, uh you say, "Okay, what's the material cause?" That is what something is made of. The efficient cause is what it does, what the motion or energy that changes it. The formal cause is its definition or its shape, its form. And the final cause is reason, it's purpose and the intention behind it. So where I think where we all go to with animals is the final cause. Why did God create them? Why did they exist? What are their purposes? What was the intention and where do where does it end? Where do they go? That's what we're talking about. And Aquinas went down that road while the Greeks believed that we should treat animals with respect, uh, the mathematician, the Pythagorean theorem, uh, so his name was Pythagoras. He he was a huge animal rights activist of his time. He believed that we all had the same kind of soul, humans and non-humans. And so he said that makes us one with them. He was almost an Eastern thought. Um, he felt that the souls were indestructible. And so even though they were animals, they also had what we have. So we should be nice to them. Aristotle did not share that, and therefore, I think Aquinas was influenced. Uh, He said the animals didn't have any interest of their own. They rank below humans uh, in the great chain of being. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but um, because their irrationality. And by the way, that's where the Catholic Church goes. Uh, Not as a formal teaching, but a lot of theologians say because animals don't have a, quote, rational soul. So they got that almost directly from the Greeks. So there.
0: Well, that start? the only formal teaching of the church that I can find is kind of dealing with that, just what we know about it. But it's um, the best I could find was Catechism twenty four fifteen paragraphs twenty four fifteen through twenty four eighteen, and I'm not going to read all of it, but you know, it's basically animals are God's creatures. He entrusted the God entrusted the animals to us. Um, we're created in His image. And so that's why we have dominion over them. But it also, this, these paragraphs are heavy on, uh, it's contrary to our dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. So I think it's interesting the way that's phrased, that it's contrary to our dignity to do anything, uh, you know, evil to them because God made them. So basically, I don't think that there is... Um, any formal teaching on of the church? That's all that I can find on the on the animals, really. In in the catechism, at least, and so
1: so so we arrive uh, once <clears throat> again at one of the beautiful, beautiful things about our beautiful mother church. Uh, things like this, and several notable other uh, quote big ticket items, the church has not ruled definitively on, does not have an official teaching on that we are obliged to follow. We're free to follow our own uh, conscience and our own thinking here. So in a way, it's 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 certainly not any kind of moral relativity or your truth is not the same as my truth, but what it is is it allows a Catholics of good faith and good heart and good morals and good mind to think about things for themselves that have not been Quote officially declared, and to form their own opinions on them. Uh, hopefully, opinions that are guided by other teachings of the church and by general moral principles. So, um, well,
0: what I think is interesting is that is that it seems if you look at any thinker or anything in the church, a lot most of the time when there is an issue like this where we can disagree uh, about things like even big issues like um, capital punishment and these things. It's different in this area for some reason. Theologians right now, I feel, have it, they've made up their minds and they almost almost don't even want to admit that, they're, that they could be wrong about this. And I just don't understand. There's one really great video, and I think right here I'm going to include a clip of it.
2: Historically, Catholic theologians have recognized that All living things have souls of one kind or another, and so, for example, if you read the medieval theologians like Thomas Aquinas, they'll talk about uh, plants having what are known as vegetative souls that allow them to grow and reproduce, and animals will have what they refer to as sensitive souls that allow them to think—I mean, to feel and to engage in a primitive form of thinking but not true reason the way humans have and then human beings have rational souls, and according to the historic theological understanding, only rational souls survive death. And so on that reckoning, only human beings of all the different creatures on earth would survive death. But that's something that you don't see as much in the in the Church's official magisterial documents. At least I'm unaware of any uh, that, that state that in recent magisterial documents or even older ones. That's more of a theological understanding that's historically common, but I can't say from my own knowledge that's the definite teaching of the Church. So um, there could be different views on that point. However, what is certain is that when God created humanity, He intervened in a special way to produce the soul that we have, and that went beyond nature and our souls correspondingly not only endow us with rational thought, but enable us to to survive death.
0: For some reason, theologians right now seem universal. Maybe it's just because it's not that big of an issue. Maybe there's just so much more to worry about or whatever. But And also maybe it is a potential pitfall that you will... It's funny because I find myself for one of the only issues in my life somewhat on the, you could say, the leftish side. But um, maybe it's a potential pitfall that one may... Care more about animals than people. And that is in the catechism. It does specifically say that respect for animals. It says one can love animals in 20, paragraph 2418. One should not direct them the affection due only to persons. That is in the catechism.
1: So, well, you check it out. Uh, <laughs> that's, again, right in line with the Greeks. Aristotle said plants were created for the sake of animals and animals were created for the sake of men. Um, he said humans were their masters, and basically, because of the hierarchy of the great chain of being, that's where they are. And so, when you come with when you come at this question with logic and a huge brain like Aristotle and Saint Thomas, you're very. I see it very naturally for them to arrive at that way because they were thinking that way. But we know we know from our faith, we know from revelation that logic is not the end all and be all. We talked, I think last episode, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Pascal is reasons. Final step is to admit that there is something that surpasses it. And that is where this leap happens. You said left and right. Um, I find it interesting that animals and love sometimes irrational love of animals is the one thing that, that can unite like the most far left moonbat crazy, communist thinking person and the most far right wing small government hold up in a cabin with a gun guy they love their dogs their cats their whatever's unconditionally almost like people sometimes more than people so there's something going on here with animals that transcends political boundaries it transcends transcends faith uh and by faith i mean the official quote faith it transcends logic there's something going on with these animals
0: well yeah i mean first of all like they... like your
1: cat boo tell me about boo for example let pe- people know uh some of the insanity that's gone on with that creature
0: well you know i and I, it's like i don't it's it's anecdotal it's just me in my in my life but um yeah boo is my big black and white cat we've had him for 10 years now Um, and my husband and I, you know, we, we couldn't, we never, first of all, we never met somebody who met this cat who didn't love him. He's just, he's, I'm sure like what everybody says about their cat, but I have a lot of cats and he's definitely the cream of the crop, but there's, it's not just that it's not just that he's awesome and that he's like just a really cool cat, but he also, there's always been like this kind of, not always, but at some point early on, he started to seem a little bit. Like, there's more going on, like, weird stuff. I feel like he's looking at something next to me that's not there, and then he freaks out, and I feel like he's seeing something I can't see, and it's just creepy stuff like that. And, and then I started to get this other feeling that maybe he was somehow connected to my guardian angel when, well, there was one time when I hold him a certain way, I call it Kangaboo because I hold him up like a kangaroo. And I started to do it when he was about six months old because he started to be a little terrorist. And it's just a way for me to put him in timeout. And I immobilize him. I hold his feet in one hand and his other feet in the other hand. And it's very funny. And it's called Kangaboo. And I've always called it that. And then one day, my grandma showed me a picture from when I was four years old. And I'm holding a cat that looks so much like Boo. It's creepy. And I'm holding him Kangaboo style. And it tripped me out. So that's one thing. And then... Yeah, and then there's a this other time I was lying on my back in one of my rooms, looking up at the ceiling fan, which is like you know metal, and I'm in the room with it right now actually, kind of creepy. And I see in the reflection way off. I I rub my eyes and I look, and Boo's lying there on my chest, and I see me and Boo. But then I swear I see these other people. It looks like in the room with us. And since I'm on the since I'm far away from the fan, they're small and I couldn't you know, it was hard to see and it was it was just one of those things. It was weird. And so stuff like that with booze happened and it's just all got me thinking and I and I know a lot of people have these kind of I don't know, supernatural ish feelings so, with their
1: animals. So you see people in your ceiling fan. are we having another marijuana episode?
0: No. That...
1: Like last time? Yeah. Okay. Just, just joking. And you know, sometimes um, you angels. Get, you said angels.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're. I feel like they're angels. And here we go, getting so, getting into our feelings. And I know that's, that like you said, fraught with peril.
1: Well, are we getting into feelings? Are we getting into an area, an area even possibly even bigger than than animals, and that is the angels? Uh, it's amazing to me when I was researching a book that I was. Uh, part of writing about angels a few years back. I did a lot of research on pagan-type people, non-quote non, non quote, religious people. It's amazing how angels, uh, like, like animals, transcend. Everybody thinks about angels. Everyone thinks they exist. It's because they do, by the way. Uh, and, and Thomas Aquinas, more than anyone, he was the angelic doctor, uh, wrote extensively about angels. They use all things to further their mission, and their mission, of course, is the glory of God and the protection of us people and all that. Um, In fact, this podcast right now apparently is just another step guided by the angels toward the inevitable show that we're going to one day do on angels, and that'll be the one that changes the world. But back Mm -hmm. to your thing with Boo, could the angels use an animal? Why not? I think God does all the time.
0: I just don't. I, you know, I don't like to think that I'm crazy. Uh, but I, it's, 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 many times with, and sometimes I'm not even, even thinking of it. Uh, another anecdote: the other day, uh, I was trying to call my husband to wake him up because he likes to sleep forever and ever, and his phone was off, and I felt so bad because he was going to miss the Broncos game because we're like all good-hearted people, Broncos fans.
1: Damn straight.
0: And I was so sad because, you know, he, I knew he's going to be bummed. And for some weird reason, I just, I'd been calling him all morning. So I knew it was pointless, but I just stopped and I, I said a prayer to his guardian angel. Please wake Adam up. And I called him that moment and he answered the phone in a panic. And he said, what the heck's going on? Boo is just standing on my chest yelling in my face louder than I've ever seen. He was holding my throat and it was just weird you know i mean it sounds like oh yeah whatever but sometimes when these moments happen at least in my life these are pieces that add up to mainly overall just the glory of god and the reality of this not being the real the only world or even the real world you know that they're that
1: that well it, it is it is a real world but it's a world in time yes and there's so much that's outside of time uh, not the least of which is God, of course.
0: Maybe we need to go into another form of supernatural thought about this. Can animals see dead people?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: any elaboration there? You, do you know this? Is there... No. Okay. All right. So, yes. Okay, fine. We are in agreement. Animals can see dead people. I agree. Yes. I agree.
1: So, the, the real question that we started with, and I think it, everyone thinks about, is, are they in heaven? Will they make us happier in heaven? Um, is heaven a personalized thing? Is it an experience where, you know, a lot of people think of heaven, they're like, oh, I really like chocolate ice cream, so heaven will be just me and chocolate ice cream. We know, as Catholics, that, that is not the case. Um, but, having said that, what is happiness? Happiness, we know, is God, happiness is love. We feel a love toward these animals that we've been talking about for a while now, and it feels so right and so pure and so good. And we know that we must not cross the line and equate it with, you know, the way we feel toward God, the way we feel toward others. Uh, thinking of CS Lewis's book that I mentioned last time, the Four Loves, but it's real. Whatever it is, it's very real. It's not an illusion. It's it's something greater than.
0: Yeah, uh, some, like if some you
1: the no. base emotions that we feel like lust, it's real.
0: Yes, if you find an injured duckling in your front porch, everybody wants to help it every you know, or a puppy that's hungry, or even a not cute animal, you know, there's a it's an it's a it, you can feel it. In fact, Rachel, again, I was talking to her and she said the same thing the 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 longing that she has and that we have. For our pets to to go on to not be gone, it doesn't feel in any way bad and and the longing to help them it it feels good, it's the opposite of that you know and and does God put a longing in our hearts that cannot be fulfilled? It just depends i guess if that longing is ordered properly or not and it and like you say it feels a lot of times like it is you know you I mean nobody looks down on somebody who Rescues, uh, you know, busts up these evil puppy breeders who are doing all this gross stuff, or nobody looks up to, like, I think of C.S. Lewis and his, and his, uh, all of his, the way he would think through these things, you know, what you ought to or not ought to do. Nobody thinks you ought to drown puppies, or, you, you it's, there's, but, and yet, no, you don't think the same of somebody drowning a, a bunch of plants oops I accidentally drowned on my plants there's something yeah. <laughs> else going on with the animals
1: well there there is we could go back to what I mentioned earlier the great chain of being um, sometimes you have to think there is a difference between fluffy the puppy and me even though I love fluffy the puppy You said it earlier, uh, the book that you, you mentioned, there is a difference. There are distinctions. And even though there is a distinction, there's also connections, very, very close connections. So now let us talk about that thing, that anecdotal thing that every person that you meet has a part of. They'll have a story. They'll have heard something, seen something, lived something. Where an animal did some amazing thing that made them seem like not an animal. Um, for example, talking to Rachel today, she recounted a story to me. And uh, full disclosure, I'm not saying this in a journalistic way and guaranteeing dates, times, accuracy. But uh, she read it somewhere and apparently it's an accurate depiction. Wait, if it, was the,
0: if it was on the internet, it was true.
1: Right. Anyone can can verify anything by finding it on the Internet, because if it's there, it, it's real. So this was real. Um, but not not to belittle it, because this actually as crazy as this story sounds. It has a ring of truth to it. It's just one of those things that's almost you hear it and you say, yeah, that's something too crazy that anyone could not make up. So there was a house fire. Uh, people didn't notice it in the middle of the night. Their hamster in his cage with a noisy wheel, who normally sleeps at night, uh, detected early on that there was a problem, probably because he smelled the smoke. I don't know, but he started going crazy in his cage, um, spinning on his wheel, running for for all he's worth. <laughs> and he he woke the people up just as the flames basically exploded. They were just able to escape the house, grab the kids, and get out. What they were not able to grab was the hamster. Oh, It's terrible. It's a terrible story. The house burns to the ground. The hamster was a hero and saved their life. Uh, I think it was 10 days later, they went back to the house, finally, through the charred remains to see if anything remained of their life. And they found the hamster alive.
0: Did he? Alive. Did he smack Alive. them all? Did he smack them and say, "You ingrate? <laughs> what is wrong with them? No.
1: Well, I, I think the the moral of the story is: wait, <laughs> there may not be a moral to that story, but the story was crazy, the and mor- there's there's so many others. If all you have to do is go on the interwebs and type in. Animal heroes or animal saving people or, or another fun one that I was looking at earlier was animal ghosts. There's a lot of stuff out there about animals. No, ghosts, that's what I don't
0: like to get into. And I, you know, I was. It's funny. I didn't even in, in, didn't even think to mention it because I, once I started reading this book, I was like, no, this lady's crazy. But the, if you like search on Amazon, well, I don't know. Will animals go to heaven or animals in the afterlife? this lady Kim Sheridan is like the go-to lady about this she's written this book it has like 10 billion five star reviews on Amazon and I was like oh must be you know something kind of legit
1: how many reviews
0: she had a lot I was like I think it was uh, I think it was close to a thousand and they were very high Wait, very you
1: said ten you said ten billion
0: well you know anyways uh okay.
1: she... I, I just have to remember that this is a person who sees dead people in a ceiling fan after she smokes marijuana with a cat keep going sorry they
0: they might have been they looked alive they didn't look dead
1: all right they're alive that's that's slightly more disturbing go ahead
0: well she i just i don't know the problem again we get back to it if you start to believe in this stuff and think oh that hamster was working with angels or whatever it's like a some kind of a weird slippery slope of getting to this point where this lady was where she and lots of people in the world right now elevate animals to the, to the point of where they are like equal or even higher than humans because I mean they don't do bad stuff and her, she was really crazy, but her book uh, animals in the afterlife is like the most popular book on this subject. And I started to read it and I'm like, okay, maybe she's legit. She has a degree in psychology, but then she got a degree in hypnotherapy And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And then in her book, she says that every night she has a prophetic dream that comes true the next day. How can you write a book that is considered scientifically legitimate, which this book seems to be. A lot of people read it. When you say that you have a prophetic dream that comes true every day the next day. And yet we're the crazy ones because we believe in the Bible.
1: Uh, We are crazy. But not because we believe in the Bible.
0: What does the Bible say about animals?
1: I'm actually glad you asked that. But before we go there, I just want to finish out exactly with the very thing we said about animals and how amazing they are. Does that equate to some kind of holiness? Does that equate to some kind of maybe they do have a rational soul? Or is it just that angels and God and us and whomever use animals? In ways that feel really special, and
0: but has there ever been an instance of an oak tree waking a family up because their house is burning down or dialing nine one one? No, but
1: there there (laughs) has. I've never heard of a tree calling nine one one, but I have heard of trees killing people
0: a lot. (laughs) In Harry Potter, they
1: fall on people. They fall on people. They fall in their houses. They fall in their cars. They kill people. So maybe but trees are They evil. don't kill they don't kill nearly as many people as animals. And I'm sorry it's time I brought this up. We love animals and we talk about all these amazing. I'm looking at a story of a chihuahua that saved a baby from a rattlesnake, but animals are killing us right and left just like we're killing them.
0: Oh, you're getting harsh How about there.
1: that?
0: Well, but they that's the thing is like, you know, even you got like Steve Irwin who dies from getting stung by a freak accident, getting stung by a stingray through the heart or whatever. But it, does that mean that his family will declare vendetta against stingrays? <laughs> God, that'd be funny. No, that's not well, funny. Well, they, that's they should
1: called. because in my humble opinion, the stingrays have been on top too long and it's time someone brought them down. <laughs> That a was, peg or two
0: i'm sorry i do not like to make jokes about steve Irwin because i love him but um no the point is that even when animals kill humans we that's the, that's the other great thing about them is that or the thing about them at least is that they they can't do evil they can't but
1: so can they do good
0: I, that's the thing is, if they can't do evil, can they? Can they do and can one animal be, be better or, than another?
1: Or is it that they do things which objectively are just things that they do, but we attach meaning to them? If a bear mauls a child to death, we perceive it as an evil. If the same bear, the day before, uh, rescued a family from a mountain lion we would ascribe it as good. So we have to be really careful when we look at this stuff that it's not just, you know, we're projecting what we feel. That's a theory that,
0: you know, that brings up a theory that like my husband and I think you have thought of before is do we give animals a supernatural soul by loving them? You know,
1: I think we do. Uh, I think, (laughs) You know that I think we do. Um, You asked about the Bible. So speaking of supernatural souls, why don't we just for a minute here, do a couple of Bible checks. Um, I've got a few. You may have a few. How about Isaiah uh, chapter 65, verse 25? Famous, famous verse. The wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. This is talking about basically heaven, about what what it will look like, paradise. And here we have a wolf and a lamb and a lion, um, a lion not eating the ox, but eating straw like the ox. So the animals are in heaven communing, basically. Um, In Revelation, uh, John's vision also had animals. There were people riding on horses. The armies of heaven riding on horses in Revelation. Um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 21, who knows if the spirit of man rises upward and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth. People were thinking about this in Old Testament times. We all, you know, you mentioned St. Francis. God wishes other creatures besides humans to be included in the plan of salvation.
0: Um, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Mark, I think it's Mark fifteen sixteen. Let me see if that's or if it's if I'm mixing that up. Nope, Mark sixteen fifteen. Um. So this is one that actually, I guess I could just say this. Uh, when you think of Saint Francis, here's something that I think is interesting. You know, you talked about Aquinas. Peter Craff says that he thinks Aquinas m- may have been wrong on this issue. Why is that? Well, it's interesting to me to think that St. Thomas Aquinas was thinking and being a theologian at the same time as St. Francis of Assisi. And in that respect, they represent two different points of view, it would seem, on animals. Although St. Francis, I don't believe in any way, elevated animals above humans. Even in that, this uh, on AmericanCatholic.org, they have this really nice list of stories about him that I pulled that one about the wolf from. Even on there they're not, he, they acknowledge, that Francis, he, he said that, that these animals were a testament to God. And they're showing us how to uh, exalt in God and how to glorify him. And, but, it, but he did preach to them, it is, it is said. And he did uh, call to them to, to, to worship God. And you think of the nativity. You seem like the animals there, uh, when Jesus was born, it, that they were quiet and that they were bowing to him. Perhaps. And depending on which version of the of scripture you use, uh, Mark sixteen fifteen says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Some Bibles like the King James version actually says to all the creatures.
1: Well, how about if I add a few more to that? How about let's go to the Psalms for a minute. Um, One of my favorite things to do is, especially when I'm feeling down, because nothing will bring you up like the Psalms. They can bring you down, but they always bring you back up. Anyway, Psalm 36, verse 6, your righteousness is like the mountains. Your justice is like the great depths of the sea. You deliver both people and animals, Lord. How's that for a smoking gun? Here's another one. Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all and his tender love is over all that he has made. All your creatures shall give you thanks, O Lord, and those in the bond of your love shall bless you. Um, I'm sensing a trend. How about one more? Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath give praise to the Lord. Now tell me that St. Francis didn't have that in mind when he taught the birds to praise God and they, they responded, this is, this is it. This is the crux of the whole thing is we are here to serve, to praise, to love God. The animals are here to serve us. And in serving us, they also serve God and glorify God. That's kind of the way I see this. Uh, it's not a way to escape the heaven question. We still have that on our plate. Maybe
0: kind but of like how... how-, how about, well, maybe yeah. kinda a, like kind of how, like, if, let's say, a king and a queen had a dog in a castle, the dog would be, would listen to the queen, and maybe, or maybe even, like, say, a prince or something, or even, I don't know, like, a royal vizier or something. He would listen to that person, but then they would both listen to the king. So, like, we, you know, the animals are below us in the hierarchy, they, they obey us, but we both obey... And serve God. And I think that's what St. Francis kind of came to one day. He was out and said he was out in the woods and he looked at the birds and he said he preached to them. And they listened. Yeah. Um, It it made me think about I was in Reno where you live. I was in your little parish there years ago because you still had your old pastor of the same name as your current pastor, uh, Father Thomas. And I swear it was the weirdest thing. I don't know if you remember it. Do you remember a cat walking into your church during Mass?
1: I do remember. It how was, could how could anyone forget that and the way Father handled it?
0: It was crazy. The door was open because it was hot because it was, like, summer, I think. Cat walks in, and just the way Father responded to it, it was. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was super endearing. It was like he said something about, let's baptize that cat. Maybe he wanted to hear the good news. And it was... Um, I don't know the way he, he didn't, it wasn't like a joke. It was like, he was very sweet about it. And I went home and, uh, I baptized all of my animals that very next day.
1: Oh, well, I was going to say, I personally do know people who baptize animals. And then I was going to ask you if you think that you, I mean, they are crazy. Uh, no, you don't, you already admitted uh, it. You don't.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely am crazy, but I mean, my cat's not going to hell just because I forgot to put some holy water on him. And if that's crazy, well, then I'm crazy.
1: I love this so much because we've already lost the anti-drug crowd. We've already lost the anti-Denver Broncos crowd. And now we've lost people who think it's crazy to put holy water on animals. I don't know who's left out there, but we can't finish. And actually, maybe I'll I'll finish it off now. I'll get rid of... Any Wait, well, actually, there's probably storming.
0: no, yeah, there's probably no Broncos fans who are anti-drug anymore. If you know what's going on in Colorado. Oh,
1: right good now. lord! I forgot about that. So we're done. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Even uh, the
0: Broncos fans are gone.
1: We could not complete any talk about animals and supernatural or having souls or whatever without me bringing up. The case of our cat, our departed cat, Kovu. Um, your mom loved that cat so much she she loves she loved all of her cats, of course. this one had a special place in her heart, sort of maybe I you know how I kind of look at it and I'm not trying to be blasphemous, but it's just by way of analogy or uh, comparison is sort of like the way uh, St John is thought about in the gospels and, and the way he writes about himself, the disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um Kovu was the cat whom mom loved, right? Oh
0: nothing blasphemous there. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. She loved all the cats, but uh when Kovu Kovu died uh young, younger than cats normally die, especially house cats. And her connection to this cat was so fierce and so strong that she continued to, she, I think every bit as close as your connection with Boo and what you explained about how you feel something additional there. That's that's sort of the, the thing going on with Kovu. And you know about the dimes and I, the origin of it is is probably not as important as the outcome. And I certainly don't want to.
0: It's falling away think. into legend now.
1: Yeah, it definitely has. But uh, after Kovu died, she would think of him and she would randomly find a dime in a parking lot or at a store or whatever on the ground. And it became this thing. It became this, holy cow, there's something going on here. And it just kept happening. And then other people, especially me, uh, began associating it and seeing it for ourselves. I find dimes everywhere it's it is it is the craziest thing and and it gets a little crazier when i realize that when i find these dimes is usually when i'm thinking of her and there's the connection and I'm, I'm not thinking about a dime i'm thinking about her or something and then bam there's a dime and i will just the only reason i bring this up right now is because today this very day i was at the gym and i was running on the treadmill and I was, doing what I do when I'm running, I was thinking, I was thinking about, uh, this topic cause we were going to talk about it and it popped into my head about Kovu, And I was like, I need to mention that because, you know, that was one of those strange connections and I'm, I'm at a gym. Okay. I get off the treadmill and I go over to where the weights are and there's benches and stuff. And I sit down on a bench and I look down on the ground right below my feet and there's a dime. And on my holy mother's life, I swear to you, that happened today. Who finds dimes in a gym? There's no money in gyms. I mean, it's it's just weird. And so uh, a rational mind would say now, okay, big deal. What does that mean? I'm not sure what it means other than a way of reinforcing in my brain for our, our little discussion here that there are more things Horatio and heaven and hell than are dreamt of in your philosophy, to quote Shakespeare. Oh,
2: and we should quote that Shakespeare. That drives more. it home.
1: Yeah. Pardon me?
0: said so we should quote Shakespeare lots more.
1: Oh, I agree with that.
0: <sighs> um, I,
1: I definitely agree with that. I
0: think Did we, we solve
1: this? Well, are, are animals in heaven, yes or no?
0: I, I just think that the point of probably every single discussion at the end of it is, is trust God trust him and and do what is right and loving animals is right so long as it's it's healthy and you are still giving love to humans and you uh if you believe you know if you i think basically it's like a lot of things we can't we don't know we can't control it we've not been to the afterlife but we can trust god it's like for me it's super confusing too that jesus says we won't be married in heaven. I look at my husband. I'm like, well, why? I can't not be your other half. It, the point is to trust God. That that these things in our hearts that we want, we I has not seen, ear has not heard, and I you see the beauty of creation and the beauty of these animals and the magic, the ma- pure magic that they have done. The kajillions of rescue stories and weirdness and the chill you. Well, get. here, let me rattle
1: off a few right now. All right, do Just it. to reinforce what you're saying, I in front of me right now have a story of a dog who saved its owner with the Heimlich maneuver. He was choking on an apple, and Toby saved him. Okay. Was well, home- Toby mentioned- trained
0: in the Heimlich maneuver?
1: Oh no, no, it was it was purely natural. This was a uh, he just rose to the occasion, which is weird because people don't even do that. And then there was the Chihuahua I mentioned earlier who saved a baby from a rattlesnake. And here's my favorite. And there is no small amount of irony here. There's a pig that saved its owner from a heart after a heart attack. And the, well, the irony is obvious, right? Pigs usually cause heart attacks in the form of bacon and ham. That's a myth. One...
0: Bacon saves lives, and you know it.
1: Yeah, and there's always the stories about the, the dolphins. Who saved people even though they could easily kill people and how about a beluga whale that saved a drowning diver a beluga whale for God's sake think about that one
0: I, I mean the, the the amount of animal stories that exist obviously completely fill the internet it, still to this moment cat pictures are the number one searched thing like you can't people love animals and then animals, keep doing these awesome things we watch movies like homeward bound and these just they're believable we 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 believe them because it's possible because animals i think also they kind of help show us the impossible impossible could be possible they just inspire horses we haven't even got to horses how many times have horses inspired people beyond reason people have these crazy connections to horses Horses have done the most r- ridiculous things with their owners. It just there's you and, and we
1: know that horses are in heaven.
0: It se- certainly seems like it in Revelation. Well,
1: the book of Revelation says so. That's good enough for me.
0: All right. Well, I guess we can't solve this, so maybe we should start wrapping it up. We hopefully have given people uh, stuff to chew on and think about.
1: So, I guess a, a few closing questions are, why is the polar bear that saved a kitten that someone threw into its cage just as likely to gobble up the kitten and the person on another occasion. Uh, So I, I I leave again with that question about us ascribing motives and all of that. So I, I'm not ready to say that these, a lot of these, some of these great things that, that animals do can be ascribed to anything other than it's just something they did. But I will say this, there's a connection here that definitely defies logic. Maybe not defies, maybe transcends is the better word because it, it doesn't really defy logic. If logic just can't get there yet, it just means that it's it's over it right now. Um, there's something going on with animals. We all know it. We all feel it. We're not sure exactly what it is, but it's there. It's real. And it, in fact, it's more real than than a lot of other connections we have in our life. It's certainly more real than the connections we feel toward a lot of material things, no matter how much we love, you know, money or food or even food or this or that, it it just pales. And it's because we develop this. So either we're all delusional and we just project something that's not there on them, which I really don't believe is the case, or it is real. And it's, it's just another example of God. God's glory and how he works things. And let's not forget the angels, because I think they're deeply involved in this animal thing. Well,
0: Jesus used them, too. I mean, he put the demons into the pigs. So they obviously. Yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure the pigs didn't enjoy that.
0: No, and that's the point. I mean, he's, I don't know. And we can, it's okay to eat animals. We're obviously, we're not vegetarians. So circle of life and all that kind of stuff. I, it's.
1: Yes. Although there was uh, there was another school of thought in ancient Greece, Aristotle did not share it um, that said it was wrong to eat the animals because because they had a soul. So I know there's plenty of people nowadays um, who agree with that. I don't know if they agree because they have souls, but agree that we shouldn't eat animals. And and there's something we didn't even get into is yeah we we have all this lip service about how much we love animals, but we very quickly throw them on the grill. And and by the way, uh, we talked about animals being in heaven. If we think animals can be in heaven, do we think all animals will be in heaven? Like the cow that I had for lunch today, is that cow in heaven? The, the sea cucumber, like Rachel said the other day to us, will that, that sea he, cucumber but, but be see, in heaven?
0: Doesn't this sound like we are projecting a very, like what we know... Of the material world onto heaven, we don't know what the, what the next life will be like. So we don't know that there's some kind of a lack of space for for these animals. I mean, people could say the same thing about all the humans that True. that may or may not get to heaven. Where the heck are Great they? All going, where are they all going to go? We don't understand what it's going to be like at all. So well,
1: there there's an, there's another show right there, isn't it? What is heaven and what will it be? We know it won't be constrained by space and time. So. I wasn't trying to say, is there room for them all? I guess I was trying to say.
0: But why should that cow not be? And I know that's what Rachel would say because she loves all. She's gosh, she's come up a lot on this show. She might as well have just been on here.
1: We need to get her to call in.
0: You wouldn't be able nice. to tell us apart, though, because we have the same voice.
1: Oh, this is true. Um, okay, on that note, I will say this about the cow that I ate today. Um, I personally hope that cow is in heaven. And if he is, I know he or she, it's probably a she, um, will forgive me if I need forgiving. But I don't think I need forgiving because God told us to eat the animals And the animals,
0: the and, and, and the animals do this too. That's why I think that, that verse you read was really profound to think that the wolf and the lamb will feed together. So there's something, if if in perfection the lion will eat straw like the ox, there is something to the idea, people always say, you know, death entered the world after Eden. Maybe the animals didn't eat each other in Eden yet. Maybe that is part of the, the fall of the world. I don't know. But I think it's profound to think that perfection really will come, obviously, when the animals aren't afraid of dying, they're not all afraid of each other. And they're just in harmony. But then again, can heaven exist without steak?
1: <laughs> no. No. Like no. that
0: whole like remember when the pig said to Homer, Tuck in <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um e- Yeah. Yeah. Actually We have to just stop. It seems just to me to that heaven would lack nothing good. I, I, I should have said that earlier and often. Um so we the idea is you exactly take a bite imagine out of, it.
0: Yeah, you take a bite out of the pig, but he's still going.
1: Okay, this is a Simpsons episode. A good one too. A funny one. But hey, maybe maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Well, I definitely know but God all, has a
0: sense of humor. So
1: I've known a lot of people, and I know people now in my life that are closer to animals than they are to people. And I know I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong. What I don't know is how that comes to be. It's not a mental illness. It's not like getting close to drugs or getting close to alcohol. It's not like that. There's something else going on there. It's 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 definitely a mystery, but it's it's an intuitive thing that I think Well, it's wrong we, we in the all same can see.
0: I think it's wrong in the same kind of way as it's one of the best priests ever that married my husband and I Father Peter Corotta, he when he was um, when we were preparing for marriage and he looked at Adam and he said, do you love Jessica more than anything? And Adam said, of course. And he said, wrong answer. <laughs> you, you love <laughs> God more than anything. And until you get yes. that right. So, yes. maybe it's just the, you know.
1: Yes, yes. Well, you, you quoted the catechism earlier, but uh, I think it was 2418. It tells us that we can love animals, but we should not direct to them the same affection that is due only to persons and humans. So uh, it also says it's unworthy to spend money on animals that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So there you go with people who, I don't know if it's directly saying don't give any money to animal shelters. I don't think it's saying that. But there are people who give their entire fortune to that sort of thing when there's plenty of human misery out there. So this is this is a tough one. This is where we have to to, to try to put a wall in Well, between. one of your favorite
0: sayings, moderation, everything in moderation.
1: Yeah, exactly. But we have to put a wall between our emotion and our reason. And we have to say we need them both here. Uh, they're like Pope St. John Paul II, John Paul the Great said – um the wings and he basically was just furthering what aquinas said faith and reason emotion and reason are the wings that'll get us there but we have to have them both we can't just have one
0: all right well we've reached our 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 limit for what any po- any human being could possibly stand to listen to us talk so we have to
1: go <laughs> i think we might i think we might have hit that a while ago Jess
0: yeah um, yeah. I I mean it's just me and you listening to it over and over so.
1: Right. Yeah. And I've hit never, my wall. And we never get tired of that.
0: No, no, I've hit the wall. So.
1: Oh well, we're really in trouble then.
0: That means we're good. And yep. we don't know what the bumper music is. You guys do because you've heard it. Uh, future pop and Jess listening to this.
1: Whoa! Can I talk to my future self? Yeah. Hey, future self, you look really good in the past when you were wearing that fedora. All right. Just saying.
0: Oh, gosh. One last
1: question for you, Jess. What do the animals need? Trivia. Hey. The animals need hay. Yeah. And we don't need to explain that. People will either get it or they won't. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so we're going to tease the next episode. Here's the teaser. We don't know what it is again. Oh, I know. You don't know nothing.
1: Here's the tease. It's so great that they will not even let us talk about it, and therefore it won't happen. That's how great it is.
0: Oh, iTunes is going to ban us.
1: I thought they already did.
0: By the way, go on to iTunes, please, and give us a five-star rating, even if you hate it, because that helps us out a lot. Thank you.
1: And and it'll help you. You'll go to heaven if you do that. <clears throat> with the animals. <laughs> with with the cow that I had for lunch today. Uh, All right. I'll- Thanks, Jess, and thanks for listening. Anyone who happened to listen, keep moving forward.
0: And yes, peace. Step into the sun
1: There's more to see Than can ever be seen More to do Than can ever be done There's far too much To take
0: in here more to find than can ever
1: be found <laughs> But the sun rolling
2: high And the sapphire sky it's great and small On the endless round It's the sun